Craft Beer Radio, episode 492, March 2nd, 2019. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the internet's longest-running beer podcast. I'm Jeff Bear. I am Greg Weiss. That flows a little bit better than all the crap that I've been saying the last few weeks. So. It's 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 hard to come up with a good like yeah. like I've tried it for a while and nothing fits. Yeah, so that one works. So I might do that one again next time. We'll see. Uh, tonight we have beers. Uh, the fridge was empty. I, I do like. Let me just point out: yeah. it's the internet's longest running. Yes, not radio's longest running craft beer podcast or. Yeah. <laughs> the universes or yeah mars's <laughs> <laughs> on the internet <laughs> or maybe i'll change the scope of the mm. boast next time how about that um beers fridge was empty and i was going to text greg and say hey are you bringing beers up tonight i'm like nah i don't want to make him feel like he's obligated like he has to stop so i'll run out and buy some beers and guess what greg brings beers so and now we're beers. flush with beers and uh let's do this crazy coffee cider thing first yeah this was interesting when I saw it. Because I, you know, picked up some stuff, picked up stuff that was not necessarily stuff that I'd always that I'd mm-hmm. always have. Um But this was like, okay, what is a coffee infused hard cider going to look going to taste like? This is from Blake's Hard Cider. It's Great Blake's Coffee Infused Hard Cider. Uh, they call it their take on a cold brew. Six point five percent alcohol by volume. And it's Great Lakes uh Coffee, coffee company. roasting company. So Blake's is out of where? I s- don't trying to find it here. Michigan, uh, Michigan. Armada, Michigan. In Great Lakes Coffee Roasting is probably near there too. Seems like it's pretty close to running into trademark problems using Great Lakes coffee and a cider. I don't know. Maybe cider and beer are different I mean, trademark domains. Perhaps, uh, and but also since since I don't think that great you can use Great Lakes at, as itself as a, yeah. well, it a trademark for a name for a product. You can yeah. use it for like a company, but probably not a product. Yeah, don't know. But anyway, it does it lead to brand confusion? Great Blake's coffee infused cider, a little bit, I think. It's a cider, though, yeah. so you could you could make this you could make the point because I think that I think the law is a reasonable person wouldn't be confused by this. Yeah, but I think there's a fair assumption if it, it rhymes with Great Lakes beer, Great Blakes. I think that it. Yeah, I think I don't. I think a reasonable person would have brain confusion with this. But anyway, here it is. It smells like coffee. So yeah, it pours crystal clear. Like a, um, I guess it's a little bit darker than your average cider. It's kind of a rich gold. Mm-hmm. Pours poured with a really light head. Cider doesn't have a huge head retention to it normally. Big Drink. coffee on the nose. You get the apple under there too, but it's like definitely coffee there's yeah the apple kind of flirts but it doesn't really come through you know it's most it goes right back you think you start smelling like a green apple and then it goes right back to coffee you really can't smell enough to be sure that you smell green apple that's interesting it is interesting the coffee plays with the fruit the cider 
tastes kind of sweet and berry-like. Hmm. There's... It's weird. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a challenge for our palates, right? Because it's yeah. just a, such a strange combination of flavors to our palates. It, it tastes like... Mm, like a like a cold brew like what are those um you know, coffee like it's a cold brew sort of latte not but mm-hmm. I mean not latte it's the Vietnamese coffee that is okay. sweetened and has it's funny you mentioned that I had some of that I had a Vietnamese coffee beer earlier today mm. Heather bought one and we kind of split it yeah a little bit like that but also the thing I'm finding interesting here is that. The cider is like stripping away some of the coffee flavor and leaving this really interesting berry flavor. Yeah, it, it, the, the the cider lends a kind of dryness that wouldn't be there in the mm-hmm. drink normally, and that, yeah, I, I like the berry call. It's it's almost currant like. Current like, it. Yeah, it's good 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 placement right there. It's this weird thing, right? Because it, it's kind of deconstructing the coffee and letting you taste something you normally don't taste. Mm-hmm. This is Great Blake's coffee-infused cider from Blake's Cider. Blake's Hard Cider. So if, if this is the first show you're listening to, you may be saying, they're a craft beer show, why are they drinking a cider? Well, I mean, we're a craft beer show, but we get into other drinks, and there are other things in, in the world. And uh, we've done 492 of these, right? I've I mean, been drinking... Um, Relatively for me, a lot of wine recently. Really? Yeah, I mean, kind of getting into wine. There's good stuff there, there's no doubt. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure why. I've just been in the mood for, like, cabs lately. Cabernet Sauvignon's and... Cabs a deep, deep wine, heavy, lots of... um... It's got something of an I would call, almost call it an oily nature, but it's a, it's it's a thicker it's, wine. You know, I've a... actually had enough recently that I'm like getting these different like I just had this South African one that's very peppery, mm. and then I've had some that are really jammy or fruit like, and then the other ones that are kind of more minerally. You know, it's it's just like all these beers. It's just I've never dedicated the time or the sobriety mm-hmm. to wine, and I'm really enjoying it. So. Sometimes a cab can can seem too much to be. Mm-hmm. I I kind of if I'm going for something similar to a cab, I kinda of like Malbec's a bit better. They're a little mm-hmm. bit sweeter. They yeah. have sort of a more smoother okay. thing going on. But um But I'll be fine with a Merlot too, because they're they're lighter, they are less challenging on the palate, but they um they go down really easy. So. We've been talking about this for years, but now that I'm on my, this wine kick, I really want to get a wine expert on the show and mm-hmm. kind of guide us through. Yeah. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I I agree. They can't be hard to find, right? Mm-mm. No, I'm sure we could get some wine expert here or there on the show. This is neat. This great, this, you bought it because it was a curiosity. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty good drink. This is the coffee infused cider from Blake's Hard Cider. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the important thing when I'm looking at stuff that I'm buying because of curiosity, I also tend not to buy something because I think it'll be gross. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I Sometimes I think I question it, but I also think, well, there might be something interesting there. Yeah, for sure. This one's interesting. Yeah. 
I love how it deconstructed that coffee and kind of let you taste the more berry-like component of the mm-hmm. coffee. This is really, really interesting and good, and I definitely would recommend it. I agree. All right, on to the uh, the more beerish, the more beerish aspects beers. of the show. Let's do the single cut here, Jan. It's not Jan. Jan. I believe it's Jan. Yes, because mm, it's got yes. uh, what is that? It's an overring, I believe, is what it's called. Yeah. So it's Jan oh, yes. Alpine White Lager. Food with spices. Mm-hmm. 5.2% up by volume. Uh, 14 IBU. So we'll see what's going on here. Comes in a pounder can like most single cut cans do. It pour is yellow. He's a yellow. I wouldn't quite go to gold. It's definitely yellow. Mm-hmm. With a really light head to it. it, smells like a little bit of cardamom on the nose. I'm, I'm getting either like a bunch of orange peel or lemon peel, mm-hmm. but it is also bordering phenolic. I was wondering about that too, and I'm not sure. It is phenolic. Seems like it may be spoiled. Hmm. The more I smell it, the more it seems to be dialing into that. It could be cardamom orange peel, but yeah, I mean that's the thing. Is like it it doesn't it doesn't quite go into those plasticky notes that I would think it would. Yeah. Onto the flavor. Giant coriander. That's like all I taste right now is coriander. Like so much coriander. There's like a ginger spicy in the aftertaste that's kind of nice. I don't taste anything too phenolic or yeah. anything phenolic at no. all, so it tastes fine. A ginger aftertaste is really nice. Maybe after a couple sips, we'll hmm. taste the malt a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, we're going from a coffee cider to this, so our tongues yeah, are going to have th- to. This is a spice bomb, so. It's going to be like the first couple of sips, our evaluation is going to be like all about the spices. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to warm it up here. And it's a locker, though, so don't go crazy on that. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Hmm. There's probably some cardamom in there, too, with the coriander, I think. That's what I was like mostly smelling. Yeah. But when you tasted it, I mean, it's yeah, mostly the coriander, coriander right? big yeah. time. Um, yeah, it's not phenolic. Like you said, the, the, the thing about it was, it worried me too, but it didn't go overboard. It didn't yeah. go into full plastic. It yeah. was like... Yeah, you're right. It was bordering. And I think there's probably some orange peel in here too, I think. So we were smelling those components and they were just kind of... Well, I mean, just imagine how... Like, from the flavor, you can see how saturated the mm-hmm. seed spices are. The coriander and cardamom. Yeah. And you could definitely imagine how that would play into... Of something phenolic because they are phenolic, right? They they can be, yeah. Uh, particularly cardamom if you get a lot of it, uh, and, and and coriander too. In fact, what I've been um, playing recently with uh, Raita, Raita, it's a 
Indian condiment, essentially. It's okay. a yogurt with, with spices, basically. Yogurt okay. and cucumber with spices. Uh, and I, and the, the typical spices I use uh, are cumin and coriander seed. Um, but I've been playing with toasting them and oh, then, yeah. then jam, jamming them. And that gives it a little bit even more of a, like, of a, of a kick and mm-hmm. uh, and really brings out the flavor. So I, I'm tasting this. And it's, I, I almost wish that there were some toasted notes toasted in there. Notes. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really like a really good thing. I mean, often when you're doing Indian spices, you're going to kind of cook the spices in oil mm-hmm. right before you do something and give them some toast. So. Now, the beer tastes really good. The thing is, when I take a sip, I always breathe in over the beer. And it's that thing that's so close to phenolic <laughs> that it, it it's like not the best. It's definitely not the best part of the beer. No, no. And it's, it is sort of, uh, yeah, it's a strike against the beer. Um, mm. Because you ideally want something that, can, that has all of it. Yeah, the... you want a more floral effervescent uh, coriander to be mm-hmm. in the nose, not this phenolic Thing, but you can right? tell they also wanted the punch, right? They wanted oh, that definitely. big coriander punch, yeah. and it's it may be hard to to not have those aromas getting out if you have that big punch. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think yeah, it's definitely an imperial coriander beer for sure. What was the other coriander? There was something else like the um, some wheat that had a lot of coriander in it that we we always. Mm. Playing around with good question. this feels better on the tongue. The flavor on this is really good. I like it. it's a potent and saturated flavor for those spices, but it works. It's just unfortunate that it leaves yeah. those aromatics on top. It feels sort of not spice bomby, which is interesting because there's a lot of spices in here, but it doesn't yeah. feel like it's overwhelming. Well, they're with... well, they're very well integrated, mm-hmm. right? They're they're not on top. They're not r- rough. They're not. Oh, how would I describe like something that's overspiced? dude? just well. For, I think first of all, the fact that they're not warming spices is probably important here yeah, because yeah. you know those nutmegs and cloves and other stuff. They yeah. really they can dig in. That could be it. Yeah, that might be what I'm looking for. The dig in part, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was, I was I was kind of I was going to say like Bernie. I, I don't know, but yeah, that's warming dig in. Those are that's exactly where my the vocabulary I was trying to find. Interesting. Yeah, that was the single cut yawn. Want to do some boysenberries? I I don't know if I want to go right into okay. tart from this. I'd rather. I guess we got New England then, huh? Yeah. Or do you want to do the cellar turd? <laughs> um, I kind of want to try the cellar. This, right. this 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 is uh, the, the the new feature we have because we're emptying the cellar now, or at least uh, going. Based on last week's show, we're we're trying to clear out some cellar space, and so we're going to have a cellar beer of the of the week. Yes, this is one that was really questionable whether it, it was cellarable to begin with. This is Southern Tears Goat Boy, which is a Weizenbach. Good luck finding it; they don't make it anymore. Okay, um, Imperial Weizenbach, seven point five percent alcohol by volume. Brewed with two varieties of hops, five types of malts. I'm not sure how much web presence it still has. Uh, I wonder what the date on this is. 2016, probably? Maybe earlier? Older. I don't know if there'll be a date. 
If you want to use your eagle eyes to try to find some black ink on that neck of that bottle, maybe. It smells very worty. I remember we had one of these when it was fresh, and we thought it could use some age, so I put one away. 14. Okay. March. Looks like March 13th. Oh, look at that. at the bottom. So it's five years old. Oh, yeah, there it is. Very pleasantly wordy, kind of like like smelling like opening up a brew house, uh-huh. <laughs> and okay. and that's the aroma. A little bit, yeah, but there's a nice, lovely caramelization on this too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this sweetness to it. It it it's kind of barley wine like. Now remember, this is Imperial Weizenbach. The clarity on this thing. Now, granted, we only poured off the top of a bomber, right? But, I mean, this thing is ruby, brown ruby, like iced tea, crystal clear. So, I mean, so, like, a lot of the how many people per- have had a Weizenbach? Let's explain a little bit of Weizenbach. It, it's, a, it's a wheat bock, right? Right. That's, but double. Right. So, <laughs> a Weizenbach would be a lot of wheat, but uh, also, they're typically darker in color, mm-hmm. right? So... Now I got myself wondering. I don't think it's just because it's a ton of weed. I think they use some roasted weed in there as well to give it the color and the kind of the richer uh, barley wine type of character to it. And this one's, you know, Southern Tears Imperial Weizenbach, yeah. Box. So it's even stronger than what you would get from. But it's a box. So it's a lager. It's it's you know using uh, using lager yeast. Um, it's got a lot of mm. of. Uh, of caramelization and stuff going on. Oh, for sure. I mean, as this thing's kind of uh, airing out a little bit, I mean, it's, it's smelling more, reminds me a little bit of like Sammy Claus, you know, like a really strong Bach beer. I'm just, in, I'm loving the smell. It fits. There's a little bit of booziness on there, but not too much. It smells so good. Under the flavor. Still has the wheat character, right? There's like roasted mm-hmm. bananas. It's weird because it's like it tastes a lot like how it smells, but the only thing that that like I, I was in love with the smell. This mm-hmm. is a little more bitter hmm. than it smells. See, when I and, took the sip, I'm getting this like I'm getting like a I'm getting exactly what I was hoping for. I'm getting this barley wine slash wheat thing. Well, I'm getting these lovely roasted banana type things, like a banana cream pie. In there, I'm getting um, a bit of bread pudding. Hmm, it's all there, and it's it's good. I just it's not oxidized, so that's it's, good. it's not oxidized. It's it's nice. It's there's there's a there's just a thing in there. It just feels like okay. I would I would have loved for it to be just a little sweeter and and okay. a little bit more full on the sweetness. All right. It's you know it's probably been five years mm-hmm. since we've had this. I remember it having some rough edges. What I'm tasting right now, I think is awesome. I think it it's cellared immaculately. I'm glad I opened it now. Yeah, um, this is this is definitely not spoiled by the cellaring for sure. Mm-hmm. I love the 
like that roast banana thing, banana cream pie thing. It it just it's it's a it's a this thing is see to me this doesn't have a bit of like a lagery bock type flavor. This is more barley wine to me, and I just think that banana thrown in there is just this awesome different facet, this different nuance that you get to it that you're not used to. And I'm just really digging that vibe. Doesn't have the mouthfeel of a barley wine to me. Um, okay, it it doesn't have the sweetness the sweetness of it by the way either okay uh it does have good sweetness in there but i still think that bitterness is is um noticeable it's not bad mm-hmm. by any means it's it's very sure. good it's just like it feels like a b plus instead of instead okay. of an a i mean we can disagree and we do disagree i think this is awesome mm-hmm. and i would say there's um there's a bit of uh, slight aqueousness to it, which which would I would not expect out of a out of a barley wine. Okay, so it's it's perfectly fine for the style, and in in fact, it's sort of exemplary for the style. But mm-hmm. I, I for Imperial I, White's and Buck, I wouldn't. Yes, I wouldn't call. I I don't think I would agree with with you saying it. It, it sort of tastes barley wineish. Okay, other than the the, the sweetness factor, of course. Okay. I still like that beer. Quite I like it too. Quite a B plus is a pretty good grade. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to argue. I wasn't trying to upstage. I was just, I don't know what I was doing, but that was good. All right. So now we'll go on to the Butler Brew Works New England India Pale Ale. <clears throat> All right. So we got one of those 360 lids here. Oh. Ooh, that makes a different sound. It pops off. And now we got a hazy. In a can with a hole in the top. <laughs> this is called Coastal Warfare. Uh, 52 IBUs, 6.9% alcohol by volume. Ooh. Butler Brewers is in Butler, Pennsylvania. I live in Butler County. It's the big, it's the county seat. It's the big city in Butler. It's not too close to where I live, but... Uh, Butler has a couple breweries. Right down the street from Butler Brewers is uh, Reclamation Brewing Company. Butler has had good days and bad days. <laughs> so let's see how they're doing today. The I immediately was looking at it for, for a day because it smells fresh. It does smell really fresh. This beer, there's no UPC code on here. When they went to check it out, she was trying to find the UPC code. I'm like, it's probably a really small release. So she had to ring it in by hand. I was surprised to see it. I would have expected this beer to be a brewery release type thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, it's probably super fresh. I did look at the bottom one before I bought it looking for a date, and there wasn't any. Coastal Warfare. Butler it, Brewers. It's got... This is, they're not the only... People who've come up with this idea, but it's got hop cones with like tail fins, like they're bombs on it. Yes. So it's a hop bomb. Hmm. All right. So on to the aroma. It's hoppy. It's a mix of citrus and dank and a bit of tropical, right? I mean, it has all three things in there. There's a little bit of guava and papaya on there. I think they're going galaxy in mm-hmm. this one. Oh, the color is, it's, it's, yeah, it's murky. It's a murky, hazy New England IPA. Yeah, I guess it's, I guess more tropical. First couple sniffs I was getting like dankness, you know, but 
kind of get more tropical. I now. think it's it's sort of you have to calibrate yourself, mm-hmm. and sometimes it can they can go dank. But I'm smelling lots of what smells like galaxy. Let's see. In flavor, you're getting some fruit juice, kind of pineapple juice. A lot of pineapple juice actually has that acidity to it. It actually is making me salivate, kind of pucker a little bit. Maybe in the next sip I'll pull some tropicals, but mostly that was pineapple juice. I do believe that is Galaxy. It's a good hop. This is really pulling the right flavors Mm -hmm. in the beer. This is easily the best thing I've had from Butler. (laughs) Easily. There could be some, I'm going off on a tangent here, could be some Azaka in there. Hmm. There's something else that, that it has something of a of a of a sulfury kick. So I'm wondering if there might be some Simcoe or something. I'm, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. um, it's working. Yeah, they don't say. Any, there's no marketing speak mm-hmm. on this label, other than adventurous ales. Um, yeah, 360 that's... lid consume fresh. That's what it says on the neck. So I believe we're doing so. This beer tastes really fresh. It does. It it, it tastes and smells extremely fresh. So that's good. I might go buy the rest of them. <laughs> How much mm. is this? Five dollars for the can. Wow. Four ninety five. I guess for a super fresh new in an IPA in Pennsylvania. It's about you know, if you're buying this beer from Dancing Gnome, you'd be paying like seven fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, be paying a thirty percent premium from dancing no. It is like when you were in Seattle, you must have noticed, and when I'm in, whenever I'm in Tucson or traveling, mm-hmm. how much cheaper the beer is than yeah. it is in Pennsylvania, yeah. uh, particularly if you're buying it um, in bottles or cans. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, yeah. this would be three bucks. There's some might be a, a haze trade, you know. Maybe, trade maybe. So this, this so this, one, but... so this might be three fifty. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it's like even in New York, that might be like three ninety. Yeah, but when you get a can of twelve ounce craft beer for like two dollars and thirty cents, it's like I would be in the wrong place. <laughs> Coastal Warfare from Butler Brewers, Butler, Pennsylvania. Good beer. Very tasty. Very yes. tasty. We'll save the rest of that for the post show. Uh, so, we obviously we just talked about how expensive beer can get. Uh, we, but we want to keep trying all the stuff, all the new stuff that's around, and you can help us. And we're not asking you to. Go and donate to no Patreon, no Patreon, nothing like that. If you want to support us, you can just go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon and buy all the stuff on Amazon you normally would. It's easy peasy. You just have to start at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And then the cookie is in there to make your browser attribute the sale to us. And about 6%, 6.5% of what you spend comes to us. And you don't have to pay any extra. Same price you would normally pay, just 6% of it comes to us. 
Yeah, so if you spend ten thousand dollars, you get like six hundred bucks. Six hundred bucks. That's, that's a good amount of beer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you know, it actually, could, if you spend ten thousand dollars, you might get like seven and a half percent. That's true. It'll probably go our, our, our rate will go our up, rate yeah. will go up. So around uh, the holidays, our yeah. rate tends to go up a bit. Yeah. So that's all. And, and it was just tax time, and and half of what we made went right to the tax man. Oh. That's. That, that'll happen no matter what it happens no matter what yeah, yeah but yeah so all this money comes in over the year and, and you just gotta remember at the end of the year half of it's going to the tax man <laughs> so thanks but it all goes to supporting the show so thank you very much the part that doesn't go to taxes craftyradio.com slash amazon alright now do you want to try tart yeah we can do the tart Man, you, that beer was good. Or do you want to go Imperial Stout and then Tart? No, I want to save the Imperial Stout for last. Okay. Poisonberry Tart Ale from Trogues. 4.5% alcohol by volume. Um, this looks like... I mean, it looks like a Goza. Because they say it's a lactobacillus fermentation. House yeast the additions are boysenberry, sea salt, and coriander. Lactobacillus fermentation? Yeah. Not kettle sour. So it wouldn't really be a goza, right? Well, a goza is a lactobacillus fermentation. Well, no, it's a sort of Saccharomyces cerevisiae fermentation. It has a kettle sour. Oh, I, I think what they're saying is it has house yeast also, but okay. they do the souring and then they do fermentation, lactobacillus, house yeast. They could be using shorthand. I think they're saying essentially they pickle it first and then they. Could be. Could be. I mean, it is a ferment process when you're kettle souring. It's just not what you, you know, it's a pre-fermentation, not really mm-hmm. the primary. But they're adding sea salt and coriander. That that feels goza to no. me. I mean, we, we could argue about this or we could just smell the beer and you would know it's a goza. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you take a sniff, it's obviously a yeah. goza. Yeah. And why why did I say that? You're getting that kind of tart yogurty thing, and the and the saltiness. You get this kind of uh, coastal type aroma, you know, from right. Yeah, the the so the the coastal aroma that you normally smell is the proteins and stuff that are in in the ocean. That sort of that that off the, the the proteins of mm-hmm. not to get gross, but decaying matter. Okay, um, mixed with the salt and all the other stuff that happens. Right. Um, and it shouldn't gross you out because that's the, the world that we live in. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, a sea breeze is a pretty pleasing aroma. Mm-hmm. Just don't consider what it's made from. Right. <laughs> I don't no. smell much of, of a, like, so this is, the color is this kind of uh, bright red. Right? Yeah, it has this kind of like a Zinfandel type color mm-hmm. to it, right? And um, I, I am smelling the berries. Like if you take a... Like, a little bit. If you Like I have to take a gentle pull on the aroma. If you pull too hard, it gets too sour. If you pull gentle, I'm able to get the berries to kind of pop out. Now, boysenberry is a great berry. I don't know how often you've had boysenberries, but it's a hybrid okay. of blackberries and raspberries. Oh, yeah. It actually has like a, a, a kind of sweetness to it too. The boysenberries—they're like a little. They have okay. the, the tartness and the sweetness together. They're okay. really good. 
Yeah, I'm not sure I've ever had a... I know I've never had a singular boysenberry. It's always been boysenberry jam or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. right? I think that may be true for me, too. I don't think I'm, I don't know if I've okay. ever had a fresh boysenberry. Okay. But I know I've had boysenberry stuff. Is it... Okay, I guess it's probably an actual... It, it, it is, is an actual is, berry, yes. Well, so here on the label, they have purple berries and red berries. Mm-hmm. So the question I was going to ask you is... Boysenberry, just the name of a blend of blackberries no, and raspberries. No, no, okay. no. It is actually hybrid. It may be that at different stages, okay, in their in, in you know the process, they have different colors, or maybe that they just happen to okay. come in different. But colors. it's not just a term it is, for a mix. It is a it is a, a hybrid a hybrid berry that does exist. They use a t- twelve pounds per barrel of real boysenberries. All right, on to the flavor. Not too tart. We have more coriander going on here. Really? Yep. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I know because it's in the ingredients, but oh, I can taste it too. Okay. The berries are light to moderate. They're not too strong. The tartness, the berries and the tartness go together really well. Really well. There's this, it's not quite yogurt It's almost like fruit tart type mm-hmm. thing going on. Yeah, it helps to kind of sort of cut away some of some of that yogurtiness. Yeah, but it's more like a fruit tart, like or Danish, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine like a cream cheese Danish with you know the right next to the the berry Danish, and you kind of get a little bit of both, right? That's what I'm getting more so than yogurt. But also, like I said, I mean the boysenberry itself is from mm-hmm. what I've tasted is a sweeter kind of raspberry with a with a tartness to it, but also a sweetness there. Yeah, it works really well. That's interesting. The coriander's in there. I, I'm not sure I would have. I definitely would not have isolated it if you didn't tell me. But I think it gives it a great nuance to it. It's having like a little kind of um, I don't know, daisy note. Some some floral. Some okay. some like some flowery note. It's adding there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. That's a dandelion, something like that, right? That's a that's a masterful use of it, right? Because, I mean, spices aren't always supposed to be stealing the show. They're supposed mm-hmm. to add a vibrancy and commentary to your dish, and that's exactly what the coriander is doing here. Is it just adds a little vibrancy. I wouldn't even call it a facet in this kind in this case, right? It's like it's an, an accent. Mar- yeah, it's an accent. Accent. Yeah, for sure. This is really good. This is. Trogues Independent Craft Brewery, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. They're actually Hershey, Pennsylvania now. They moved their brewery probably, oh my God, almost 10 years ago, probably. No, maybe maybe like six. I don't know. Um, Boysenberry Tart Ale. Very cool. Trogues, you know, Trogues is like one of the OG Pennsylvania breweries. Yeah, they were around before we started. Yeah, absolutely. Original gangster. But, you know, it, it's interesting because it's great seeing the them react to the times, right? Because for so long, they were just core brands. And then they started doing barrel aging stuff. And they did their wood age splinter series and stuff. And they were reacting, but they were always small releases. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, a sticker can, right? So it's not a giant release. They did actually a can print on it. But... Um, and you gotta you gotta react or die, right? You're going to modernize 
And it's just great to see them. And I see them doing, they just did a collaboration with East End Brewing. You know, I forget what it was about. But, you know, it's like they're a bigger brewery, so it's harder to... You have more mass. It's inertia, man. It's just yeah, yeah, the inertia is harder to change. Mm-hmm. And they're just doing, I just think it's really cool and satisfying for me to see them do something like this and put it out and just, you know, kind of being able to adapt to the market. Neat. And they still make amazing classics. I mean, Troganator, their Doppelbach. It's great. Sunshine Pills. Oh, you're you're mixed on that one. I like it. I like. I mean, but that part of Pennsylvania, that eastern central mm. Pennsylvania, the water is just Pilsner City, right? Yeah. Victory makes an awesome pills. Stouts makes a really good pills. Trogues makes a really good pills, and a lot of smaller places do too. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the hardness of the water, right? The soft. The softness. Yep. Because that water. That I, I don't hard, know. Isn't it? I don't know. Maybe if it runs off that side of the mountain, it's soft. Mm. Hardness and softness is essentially the amount of calcium, right? The amount of calcium salts in dissolve, there? Dissolve solids, dissolve, dissolve solids. minerals. Yeah. So it could be calcium, magnesium, um, the different carbonates. They're all carbonates. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So our final beer of the night is from Distill. This is their... Privyet. I know it's Privyet, yeah. but like... I know the, the the R backwards is not an actual no. R sound. Mm-hmm. It's it's more of I think an ah sound in oh, okay. in Russian. I you know don't know. I, okay, so right, so it's an anglicized. Let's right. reverse some letters. It, it, I'm guessing it stands for kind of like private reserve, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's probably what the intention well, was. Privyet is Russian for hey, hi, oh. or hey. Oh, hey, what's hey? Going on? It's the base beer for uh, their award-winning bourbon barrel age, Dolcevidania. Ah, which means goodbye? I think. Goodbye, I think, yeah. Dolcevidania. It's funny. Heather showed me... So, you know, Heather will go out, and I got these at House of a Thousand Beers. And she'll be like, is this beer any good? Is this beer any good? And I'm like, I've not had Privyet, but the brewery is hit or miss. Goodbye, yes. Hit or miss, in my opinion, it's been more miss than hit. So she passed on it. But I bought it today. <laughs> so shows what I know, maybe. But, oh my God, does this beer pour like a motor oil? The first thing that I always immediately gravitate to in Imperial Stouts is whether I smell something fusible plastically. And I, and I don't. And that's a good sign. That's a smoky thing going on. It's almost like a smoke porter. Mm-hmm. This beer, I mean, I want to say it again, this beer poured exceptionally dark. The head is one of the darkest heads you'll see. It is a solid brown. So this is not aged in oak barrels uh, like Dalsvidania But uh, it is 11.4% alcohol by volume. Oh, is that it? Uh, 80%. It's a seasonal, it's of October to December, but... I mean, if it's still on shelf now, it's fine. It's eleven point four percent imperial oh, stout. We got a date. We got a date. Date is uh, ten thirty one. Uh, it was Halloween. That's fine. Yeah, for an imperial stout. Oh yeah, it might even be better in five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you usually have to worry about age, but for something that's eleven percent mm-hmm. imperial stout, yeah. not too much of a worry. You want it to be treated well. Yeah. 
I might go. I'm going to go back and buy more Coastal Warfare. I might get it. We'll see how this goes. But um, if this beer is decent now, I'm going to go back and get a couple of those for the cellar. Uh, Okay, so I I have some. I have actually some information on this beer. Like what's in what's in it? Um, Two rum malt, chocolate malt, roasted barley, wheat, black malt, caramel malt, 120, Munich malt, victory malt, extra special malt. And rice holes, just to all the add a little something. Yes, the rice holes are just to help with sparging. Explain. Typically, uh, okay. So, so you said like all barley malt, right? You didn't see any wheat components in there, did you? Uh, yes, there is wheat. There's okay. two real malt, chocolate malt, roasted barley, wheat. Wheat. Okay. So, um, wheat doesn't have husks. So when you're doing like a hefeweizen, hefeweizen by stand what standard recipe is is at least 50 percent wheat which could be 50 percent malt it could be much higher it could be mm-hmm. 80 90 percent wheat when you get when you're doing the mash and you have that much wheat in wheat doesn't have husks husks are very important when you're trying to sparge when you're trying to wash the mash and get all the sugars out um you need that kind of structure to kind of let the water flow through and if you do too much wheat, it'll kind of turn into mush and it'll just block the the spark. Mm. So if you're doing like a really high, say say you want to do 100% wheat Hefeweizen, and you can do it. I remember uh, James from Basic Brewing did one years and years ago. You would not be able to sparge it. But because rice, cream of wheat, essentially, right? Yeah. Just... Rice holes are just like the husks of bar, of barley. They're non, but they're not, you know, mostly non-reactive. They aren't going to change the flavor of the beer. So you can throw in rice hulls to help keep the sparge from getting stuck. So they added rice hulls. It's interesting. They added, they showed it as an ingredient because mm-hmm. it's it's more of a structural component to to maybe production. not. Maybe it maybe is. they feel like it, it. Maybe they found a rice hull that adds something. Unlikely. And why would they note it? Unlikely. Um, maybe legally bound to, since it was in the mash. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. It's legally bound. They're not legally bound to to yeah. give any of these this information. I don't know. I I can't get into the head of distill at this point. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have put rice hulls in the ingredient list if I was the brewer. Um, I can show you what rice hulls look like. I got a bag in the back. You know, oh, I, 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 I know what uh, they look like. I mean, yeah, I'm I've seen... Gonna, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not going to take the time. It's like wild rice. It has the... Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they're just... Yeah, it's just cellulose things that are kind of concave. Mm-hmm. You mix them in with your mash and it helps the sparge work better. If I was doing anything with, it's like 30% wheat or more, I'll just throw in a handful or two just to make sure it doesn't get stuck. Mmm... All right, so I want to recap. That's pretty nice. Is it? Okay, recapping the aroma. <laughs> not boo- It's 11%, and it's not a booze bomb, right? Not on the, on the aroma. Yeah. On the aroma. It's mostly smoky. You're getting these really smoky... Um, it's almost like an American... So I haven't used this kind of vocabulary in quite a while. Beer Advocate. At least last time I paid attention to Beer Advocate... They had, you know, Imperial Stout, and they had a category called American Double Stout. 
And the way I kind of interpreted those were American Double Stouts were more roasty, more chocolatey, more full-bodied. And Imperial Stouts were a little more sharp, a little more boozy, a little more, Hmm. um, you know, think of like a traditional Imperial Stout, right? You know, they're, they're not chocolatey. Right. They're not creamy. They're... They're sharper. They're ro- they're more ashy, maybe not in a bad way. You're bordering but just... on port on portery there, though. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I split them. And when I smell this one, well, the smoky. I just took a sniff, and it it kind of reminds me of a smoke porter, right? It's just so smoky. <laughs> so let's move on to the. I'm going to move on the flavor. You've been drinking it, so while well, I'm thinking, you talk. I say it. Uh, I mentioned before it's 80 IBU. It needs it because it's very sweet, uh, and it needs the IBU to balance mm-hmm. out that sweetness. Um, but it's still really nice, sweet. This is this is a warm hug, which is what Jeff always wants. I think. Yeah. This no. Is... Onto the flavor. It is the imperial stout side of American double stout. It's not chocolatey and creamy. It is uh, roasty, like exceedingly roasty. It's not. It's not upfront alcoholic, but the alcoholic comes through in the aftertaste. Oh, yes. Taste, you can right? definitely, like you said, that's why when you said it's not immediately apparent, I said any aroma, because I had yeah. already tasted yeah. it. But even on, the, even on the taste, right, it's not like taking a shot of whiskey. It, no, no. It takes but a it, second for the alcoholic to come through. But it's got a burn to it, yeah. it and, and it is noticeable. And it's almost like a medius, I mean, it's the last beer of the night, so we've had some alcohol mm-hmm. in us yeah. anyway. But it is. it was, to me, immediately apparent, oh... This has alcohol in it. This is this is higher alcohol beer. I do like the aftertaste, like the middle taste through the end. The smoky's interesting. The smoky hits me in the front. I don't love it, but it's it's fine, right? And then after I get past that smoke part, it gets into this rich. It reminds me of you know um, a more traditional English style, yeah, imperial style. I, I think what it does is it kind of front loads its bitterness. Uh, so it sort of gets it out of the way, and then so it doesn't overpower you with sweetness, but then it lets the sweetness continue mm-hmm. forward. And then you, yeah, you get this sort of chocolate milk or, or Nestle quickish sort of thing going on with a little bit of alcohol and um, uh, notes of here's one for you black coriander. There may be a little slightly oh, methylated stuff, right? Like. I had it a couple of weeks ago, and you poured it for me, but um, or sampled it for me, but I don't think it's been embedded enough mm-hmm. for me to call it. Wow, this thing's like a fucking mainline for alcohol. Like, like the last two sips, I am like seriously more more boozed up than I was two yeah, sips ago. It's it's a lot, but okay, here's the funny thing: that okay, so great New England IPA five dollars. Great Russian Imperial Stout, four twenty five. It's a smaller can. It's a smaller can. It's like one third, or maybe less than one third. Mm. Anyway, can't do fractions right now. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get on the ranking because I. But yeah, every sip I take of this beer, I'm getting. I'm feeling a little bit, a little bit more uh, boozed up. All right. So, good night. Yeah. Very good. Wow, this is, is going to be tough. Yeah. 
All right, so I don't know where I'm going to land, but I know the beginning. I'm going to put yawn from single cut in last place. Mm. Uh, the yawn, the smell, that aroma, that mm-hmm. phenolic aroma that they put on that beer just just killed it. It was the only like unsatisfying thing of the night. It wasn't in the flavor at all. I don't think it was spoilage. I just think it was the way the spices played. And it put off this thing that was too close to a spoiled beer, phenolic, plasticky aroma to be good. Um, hmm. I think I'm going to put the Great Blakes in. This is where the cutoff is. Boom, right here, right? The the the, the mediocre beer and the good beers. Yes. We got five good beers tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, this is not well, this is not a beer. Five good beverages tonight. <laughs> Alcoholic beverages tonight. I'm going to put the Great Blakes in fifth place. This was your coffee cider. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was a really good drink. I loved how it deconstructed the coffee and showed me these berry flavors, which were really, because of the like the kinds of coffee I drink, I was able to equate that to components in the coffee I drink every day, mm-hmm. but not an apparent component to coffee I drink every day. So almost like having the curtain pulled back and getting to see part of a coffee kind of showcased that you would not see otherwise. That's what I liked about it most. And then the second part I liked about it is it was just a really good drink. I can't say too much about the cider part of it. Uh, The coffee was really the showcase. Yeah. Um, Intentionally so. I mean, it was... was, Sure, yeah. I mean, and the cider the way, was a was a vehicle for the coffee, essentially. I mean, if if we were if this was craft cider radio, probably have a different opinion. But just the way our palates have formed, mm-hmm. the the cider seemed like a vehicle for the coffee, but it exposed this awesome coffee thing. And then it gets really hard. I'm gonna put the trogs in fourth place i thought it was really good i thought the boysenberries were well done i mm-hmm. loved how the sour played in there it wasn't yogurty it was almost like a cheese danish kind of thing as what i was getting it played with the berries there was uh you said there was coriander in it right and it was just this accent mm-hmm. that was just amazing i really liked that beer Three beers above it, I like better. I'm going to put the Goat Boy in third place. I thought this beer benefited tremendously from five years in the cellar. I just have you know, I have a recollection. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole fondness of memory thing. This is almost the opposite of that, right? This <laughs> is almost like a penalty of memory thing. I remember Goat, Goat Boy just being kind of like, eh. Rough edges, eh. And we had but two you, bo- you, you saved it. For some reason, we had two bottles. I don't remember the circumstance, mm-hmm. but we had two bottles. We had one then, and I'm like, this boy's going in the cellar. Got dirty in the yeah. process, too. Yeah, there's yeast growing on the outside of these things. My <laughs> cellar is, is rustic. Um, <laughs> they don't wash their bottles good enough, I think, is the reason the yeast is growing on the outside. Um, but this beer was awesome. Probably got this from Three Sons. I bet they don't wash their bottles <laughs> it would be the I'm saying this yeast is growing on the outside because of dried beer on oh. the surface of mm. from bottling. Okay. Is what I'm suggesting. Um this beer was awesome. It was this super 
luxurious velvety box slash barley wine. Greg and I will argue on like where on the spectrum it is. I thought the roasted banana. I won't argue with you that it's delicious though. No, I thought the roasted banana in there, playing with those malt and melanoidin and caramel flavors, was amazing. Um, you found a bitterness to it. See, I didn't really. A, a slight bitterness to it that, that made it not like an, yeah. a, an, an A plus for me. Yeah. For me, I didn't notice that. And, you know, I was just thrilled with that beer. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm changing my rankings. Okay. I'm moving Goat Boy up to second. Okay. I'm going to put Privyet. All right. Interesting. In third place. The beer we're drinking now. I like this beer, but I don't love this beer. And I think I love Goat Boy. Um, <laughs> I want to isolate that. <laughs> yes. That's kind of why I said it that way. Uh, so you could, so the people at home could isolate that. Um, the Privyet is a really good Imperial Stout. The smokiness keeps me from loving it. The smokiness doesn't ruin it. The smokiness is just part of the beer, and I'm fine with it. But it does keep me from loving it. Uh, let me take a sip here real quick and verify. Everything past the smoke is just like awesome imperial stout, English style imperial stout. You're getting dry. You're getting kind of, it's not soy saucy, but it's like in the ball. No, and, and it's sort of admirably not soy saucy. Yeah, I think but you, it, it's, but it's, it's it has easy to go that way. But it has those things that my vocabulary won't allow me to. To, to describe that are in that ballpark as opposed to sweet and sugary and chocolatey. Mm-hmm. And it finishes dry. It's boozy AF. It is, it's not, well, I shouldn't say it's boozy AF, it, but it is alcoholic AF. It, it gets yeah. to you. Yeah. Go Boy elevated the second place. And I'm going to put the Coastal Warfare from Butler in first place because, you know, we just love our hazies and we love our New England styles. That beer was good. That beer. Brought the tropicals. It was fresh too, which and is it was so super fresh. Important. Yeah, that beer brought the guava, the pineapple juice. The um, man, that beer is good. All right, so uh, moving on to my rankings in last place, the single cut. Yeah, I, uh, Jeff kind of is is was right about everything about this. It, it, it's. It's a good beer. It has the the interesting way of using this overloading spices without it feeling. No, I didn't give that enough time. Right, the super saturated coriander mm-hmm. cardamom tasted great, but it was that aroma that just destroyed the beer. Yeah, it 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 well it hurt it in this in this ranking really because mm-hmm. it was up against some heavy hitters, and um, or at least it was up against some really excellent stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fifth place, I'm also going to put the Blakes. Uh, I, I think that I, I would highly recommend everyone at least try it because I think it's really interesting. And, um, if you, if you've listened to 492 episodes of the show, if you listen to a hundred episodes of the show, you like trying interesting things probably. And you like hear you like not only hearing about stuff, but tasting interesting things. This is interesting. This is new. This is, mm-hmm. this has stuff going on that I haven't tasted before and stuff that uh, is, is sort of unique in, in the way it's presented. And that is, that's the joy of, of doing the show that, that that's the joy of life 
the spark is is getting these these things that you haven't tasted before. Yeah. So recommend everybody try that. Really good. Still, the other stuff was probably more enjoyable overall. Uh, in fourth place, I'm also going to put the Trogues. Well done, Goza. Boysenberry, very nice. Uh, that hint of coriander, by making it just a hint, did a really good job with it. In third place, I'm going to put the Butler Brew Works. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed it very much, sure. The other beers, I think, were mm. were had other things to me that uh, that excited me more. And uh, while I would very much go for a super fresh <laughs> like that on any day, mm-hmm. for sure, like if I were at a bar or whatever, that would be one of the beers I would have. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I found like a beer that was amazing, I'd also have that one too because that's... And, I love having one of those. It's just mm-hmm. a great, yeah, yeah. It's a sure. great, refreshing, amazing drink. Second place, Goat Boy. The, I called B plus, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, the aroma to me was exceptional. It was like sort of the opposite of the single cut. It was super enticing. It it it, it remind it, it it brought back like all. I think what is it? Aroma is is, is is the one that's most associated with memory or something like that. Mm-hmm. It bring it brought back all the th- going into a, 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 a brewery and, mm-hmm. and smelling that. It's just yeah, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, the, the, when they're doing the mash, oh yeah. I mm-hmm. wish it was just slightly less bitter on the front. Okay, but just to bring just to to turn that into more than just an aroma to turn it into oh. this flavor that this flavor of brewing instead of just an aroma of brewing. if they ever bring it back i'll tell them to bring it back <laughs> less bitterness on the front slightly less i don't want and you know and it needs to have some bitterness there yeah. right it needs oh, to cut sure. that just like my number one brewery that still needs to have the bitterness at the front in order to cut the sweetness but I'm I'm kind of surprised that you weren't going crazy for this because this is to me we're very much a warm hug of a Russian yeah. IPA that that Russian IPA. Hey, different different strokes for different folks. That's fine. I would recommend if you wanted to go back and get this to also get these. I want to throw some of those in the cellar. For yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm going back tomorrow. Um, really, really good. So. Uh, that's, uh, that's my ranking. Awesome. Thanks everyone for listening to episode 492 of Craft Beer Radio. We're mm-hmm. creeping up on the big 500. We really do appreciate you taking time to listen. If I screwed up anything, anything this episode, please send me an email, beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you think I screwed up anything, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We really do appreciate taking time to listen, and we will be back again next week because there ain't no stopping this train. (laughs) 